0: Hello, amazing parents and caretakers. And welcome to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm your family empowerment coach, Celia Kibler. I'm a mom of a blended family of five kids. I'm a grandma of nine kids, an author, a teacher, a speaker, and a consultant with over 40 years of training and real-life parenting experience. I'm here to offer you practical, doable tips, strategies, and techniques that will pump up your parenting skills and create peace love and laughter throughout your family. In addition, I'll be interviewing some great humans that are on a mission to make your life a better, happier, and healthier life. So let's not waste any time and get started with the next episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I am super excited to have my guest here today be with me because, you know, I am on a mission to stop a million parents from yelling at their kids. And coincidentally, this is her mission too, to stop parents from yelling. So, you know, she is just amazing. She's an author. She's a coach. Um, So I want you to meet Jeanette Hargraves. However, did I say your name right? Yes. Oh, good, good. Okay. <laughs> that are graves. But I want I want you to think about something. So can you imagine a home where you actually don't yell? You don't yell and kids are not being yelled at, even through this crazy pandemic, which you know the chaos level has really heightened in, in homes, but really being in control enough that your kids are not being yelled at. When when Jeanette was growing up. As a, as a child, wrong. When Jeanette was raising her kids, she tended to yell at them. And she realized this was not the way to be raising her children that she loves so much. So she got help. And now she reaches out and she helps other parents. So I want to introduce you to my dear friend, Jeanette Hargraves. Hi, Jeanette. Thank you for being here. Hi, Celia. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you because we get to talk about this thing where we get to stop people from yelling at their children. This is, this is not good, guys. You know, this is that, you know, a lot of parents say, oh, well, they don't listen unless I yell. But you've trained them to do that, number one. Number two, you're basically parenting through fear instead of through cooperation and kindness and understanding. And you're still parenting. You know, a lot of people have said, to me and I don't know if they say it to you Jeanette. Well, if I don't get so so now I'm going to be their friends. So now no is removed from the English language and it doesn't mean that at all. So um, Jeanette talk a little bit about, you know, how you know, peaceful solutions, cooperative solutions work much better than aggressive ones.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you know, this is just one of my favorite topics, Celia. I was the kind of mom who Yelled behind closed doors. I didn't yell in public at my kids. So uh, there was part of me that knew that it was not really good, right? But I was doing it anyway. And I thought that that's how I was supposed to raise respectful kids. And let me tell you, this is one of the biggest mistakes I've made as a parent. The idea. That I thought I was going to raise respectful kids by yelling at them, by disrespecting
0: them. <laughs>
1: yes, yes. And people, um, people have told me, "Oh, well, you're just you just have a permissive household." And I've even been called a pansy before by uh, by another mom because I didn't yell because I don't yell anymore and I don't hit my kids. I don't spank them. Spanking is hitting. Correct. Yes. And um, what I now, instead of um, basing my parenting success around obedience and control, I base my parenting success on values. And when you center your family life and your parenting skills and your parenting abilities around values, oh my gosh, let me tell you, it's not permissive. It's actually even stricter than the old way. And here's why. We have, let me give you an example. We have a value of kindness and that is a very strict value that we have in our house. So if the kids are unkind, we address it. We talk about it. We might practice on how to be kind. Yes. Yes. And even when I'm unkind. Yes. Yes. You (laughs) hold yourself
0: accountable too. You know, you hold everyone in the family to a higher level. And then you teach them, you know, how I always say we're, we're raising adults, not children. And if you don't instill these values and you don't hold each other accountable, you know, what kind of adult are they gonna grow up to be?
1: Well, I can tell you because that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, another value we have, self-regulation. Growing up in my family, we didn't talk about, I don't think my parents even really knew what self-regulation was. My dad was the yeller and the spanker. My mom was the one who stood silently by while it happened. So she enabled that environment.
0: Just with my family.
1: Yes. And healthy families learn, practice, teach self-regulation. And Celia, I did not become a self-regulated person until I was about 40 years old.
0: Yes. And and I feel
1: like... You know,
0: it's it's like the voices that that kind of childhood plants in your brains that I'm not good enough, the I'm worthless, that I'm not worthy of anything, I'm not worthy of happiness, I'm not worthy of love, I'm not worthy of success. Everything I do is is worthless. Every you know, there's nothing I do right. That's what your kids are thinking all the time, and a lot of times, you know, like you. You know, I didn't get over the fact that I wasn't worthy probably until my mid-50s. And I'm telling you, parents, don't wait a lifetime to get over these things. Start, you know, planting them now in your children. Start creating a household that empowers them, not deflates them. And and that is, you know, that is our mission. And it doesn't mean you're a pansy. It doesn't mean you're a wimp doesn't mean, you know, oh, you're their friend now. You're not their parent. You're absolutely their parent. And self-regulation of emotions, start learning how to do that because if you can't regulate your emotions, however will you teach them to regulate theirs? They're not built, those regulations are not built into their brain. Someone has to teach them. And whatever you're teaching them is what they're learning.
1: That's exactly right. And you know, Celia, I used to, beat myself up every night in my head as i was going off to sleep like you were talking about not feeling good about who i was and i would recount all these failures in my head and i would also recount failures of myself as a parent and as hard as all of that was that was one gift which was looking back on those days that I yelled and saying, I wanna stop doing that, I wanna stop doing that. Not everyone who yells has that little voice in their head saying, hey, I feel guilty, or I feel shamed, or I wanna stop. Um, if, you, you know, if there's a parent out there who's listening to this and has that little voice in their head saying, I wanna stop yelling, I feel guilty, I feel ashamed about this, you can use that as a seed or as fuel for you to get help from someone like me, like Celia, there are, the, my husband the other day said, there are no parenting manuals. I said, actually there's millions of parenting manuals right now. I wrote it, I wrote yes. the manual. That's right, that's right. So get your hands on some manuals, work get with help. some professionals, get help. Great. You know. Yeah, that's another value, Celia. In my family, we did not get outside help. We were expected to look perfect and to help ourselves, sort of pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps was the the phrase, right? Right, I remember it. Yeah, so that's something else that I had to learn to let go of some of this shame that I had in needing help and getting help. Right, and not feeling, I mean, in my eyes, Getting help is a sign of strength,
0: ignoring it and thinking, well, you know, this is just the way it is and there's no reason to change. That's a sign of weakness. That is where the weakness, getting help, improving yourself, deciding, you know, I can be better. I will be better. My children deserve better and I deserve better. That's strength. That's where you're pulling out. Like you say, when you hear those voices in your head, and I love that you use the words, use that to fuel yourself. Take that. Do you want to keep listening to those voices? Because, you know, you don't listen to anyone as much as you listen to yourself. And half the things we say to ourselves, we would never think of saying to another person. So use that as the fuel to drive you to get rid of those voices and be the parent that you can be. We know you can do it. You now have to realize you can do it.
1: Absolutely. You know, I went from beating myself up, Celia, and even sort of beating my own parents up in my own head because my, my parents aren't with us anymore, but um, to realizing that we're all doing the best we can. And we've done the best we could. And this applies not only to my own parents and my parents' parents, to myself. I also apply that compassionate stance to my children. Yes. And when you take that really broad idea that we're all doing the best we can, it helps approach all of these situations with much more peace and kind. Um, kindness and understanding.
0: Exactly. And that's such a good character trait to instill in your children, to always do the best that you can with with the realization, excuse me, with the realization that the best that we can depends on how we're feeling that day. It's not always going to be the same effort. If you're sick and you're feeling badly, clearly the best that you can relates to that feeling, you know, I'm not feeling great. I'm not feeling up to it. I have a fever. I have a stomach ache, you know, whatever, or, you know, you compare that to you feeling great, you know, at your maximum and, and, you know, you've worked out and you've eaten well today and you're just feeling good and energized. And that's going to be a different doing the best that you can, but the quality, the value of always doing the best that you can and instilling that into your kids and modeling that for your children is so important because the outcome is not important. The outcome, grades, all that stuff is not important. What's important is that you're doing the best that you can because that can always be altered change to achieve whatever it is you're looking to achieve. So, you know, that's just wonderful and go ahead.
1: (laughs) No, it's great. Um. Oh, I don't know. What else could we talk about?
0: Oh, everything.
1: Ever everything. set <laughs> of questions,
0: I, I just like to talk about. Yeah. You know, and and the um. They, so, what I tell people, yeah, I, I love. I already told you how much I love the title of your book because it's just so fun and real and truthful. So, tell people about the title of your book and what your book. You know, is about as we talk about manuals for parents and the help that is out there for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. My title is The Day I Threw Banana Bread and no. Almost Went to Jail. <laughs> True <laughs> Stories. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. The t- subtitle is True Stories About How I Used to Lose My Temper and How I Learned to Stop. Good. Good. So tell us about
0: that book and, and what you offer for help for, for mamas and papas and humans.
1: Yes. So part one is called how I broke the yelling habit. And the beautiful thing is through all this, I realized that you can treat yelling like a habit that you inherited from your family. Absolutely. Yes. And it is a habit that can be broken. And then part two, well, so if you're breaking a habit, then you need something to replace it with. So part two is called emotional intelligence at home. And it has strategies that parents can use because even on those days when you're not feeling so good, it helps to have tools that you can use as a parent to, um, to approach situations. Like one of my favorite chapters is called what to do when your kid lies. And you can just go straight to that chapter, pull it up and give it a try.
0: I love it. I, lo- I love it. And so like my book, Raising Happy Toddlers is a manual, same way you can go straight to certain chapters and look for resolution and your book too, based on yelling. And, uh, you know, it, it's important for parents to remember that you and your children and your, your partner, you guys are all humans and humans make mistakes. And with us making mistakes, with us rethinking a plan, rethinking a direction, rethinking a response, being proactive instead of reactive, when we make mistakes, be authentic with your kids, guys. You know, if you come home from work and you're really working hard, not to yell at your kids. And you come home from work and you've had a bad day and whatever has happened, has happened. And you come in and maybe your, your kids are arguing about something. And you walk in and the first thing you do is walk in and you blow up at them. And then you go into your room and you're like, oh, darn it, I was trying not to yell and I yelled. So you know what your response should be is to walk back in there and say, you know what guys, I'm sorry. I did not intend on yelling and I'm sorry I did you did not deserve that. You know, let's talk about what's going on and apologize and when you apologize, like I always say what you do you give your children permission to do. So if you apologize and you actually make them realize that you are human and you make mistakes, you give them to a permission to apologize and to accept their mistakes as not the end of the world as something that they can get
1: through and and apologize for if it affects someone else. Absolutely. When you punish someone, when you punish a child for a mistake, it magnifies the mistake. And we don't, and nobody wants to magnify our mistakes. We want to learn how to reconcile our mistakes. So you're doing that when you're apologizing as, A mom or a dad you're teaching your child and don't get me wrong i don't blow up the way that i used to but i still definitely have times where i'm just unkind or a little bit mean and i still apologize to my kids i do and we should and and you know like you had said before it's good to hold
0: everyone in the family accountable give your children permission to tell you, you know, that wasn't so nice, mom, that the way you spoke, that wasn't as kind as, you know, the way you tell us to do things. Let them hold you accountable. And remember that respect is a part of that. You know, the difference between talking back and talking up is respect. A child that talks back, or an adult that talks back, does it without respect. It is done disrespectfully. A child that speaks up, that has something to say, that wants to offer an opinion, if it's done respectfully, that opinion is heard, hopefully listened to and valued. So that's the difference. And, And you have every right to do the same and to be held accountable for that same respect.
1: Wow, Celia, I love that talking up versus talking back. That's such a powerful idea. And that is something um, I don't, I had never thought of it that way, but something I encourage parents to do when they're, when they first decide that they want to stop blowing up at their kids is to talk with the whole family about it, because the family usually knows when you're about to blow up. And it's something you can develop an awareness around as, as an individual and also as a family. And if you can swallow that humble pie and let your kids and let your spouse say, hey mom, you know, do you need, a, do you, do you need to take a break? You seem stressed out. Or hey mom, um, uh, or if it does happen, like you're in the middle of it, mom, this is scary you're, you're blowing up, you know, you can have sort of a code word for it. In our house, we called it the anger bug. Like, mom, this is the anger bug. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm going to go take a break right now. But man, that was in the beginnings, those beginning days, it was definitely a challenge. And not being insulted by
0: it, because the idea is we're trying to help each other. We're trying to teach each other. We're trying to learn how to regulate our emotions together. What children know, and, and if you are trying to change your ways, part of that family meeting that you have together can be so, how do you feel when you sense I'm about to blow up? That brings on that whole fight, flight, or freeze mode that, you know, that. They may get butterflies in their stomach. They may get anxious. They may get, whoop, get out of the way. Mom's going to blow. You know, that brings up all that automatic trigger that your brain produces when they, you know, they sense fear coming. They, you know, sense uh, danger, basically, because it is danger. Because I really believe that yelling at your children is a form of abuse. I know people go, that is no way. That is no way abusive. But it is. It is a form of bullying. A lot of bullying starts at home. Where do you think the bullies learn to bully? They didn't just come out of the womb like, I'm amazing and I'm going to bully and I'm going to give everybody that I come in contact with grief. You know, they learned it somewhere, and they probably learned it right in their own home.
1: Yeah, you know, this is a really tough uh, statistic to talk about, but I'm, I love research, and research now shows that yelling at your kids in a mean way um, has the same long-term detrimental effects as hitting them or spanking them, Celia, one of the effects that they talk about is higher levels of cortisol in the system. And what that basically means is that you turn into adult who feels stressed out all the time. And by the way, if you're a parent who yells, that might be you. You might be a parent who's sort of needlessly stressed out all the time, but it's, it's hard to see it sometimes. So here's a little something that I can tell you. Going all the way back, Celia, to when you said parents say my kids don't hear me unless I yell. Wanting to be heard, wanting to be respected, wanting to be understood. These are good things as a parent. You, yes, I just want to validate those feelings. But yelling is not a good way to go about getting respect, getting understood and receiving that love and being heard the way that you want to be heard. So using these techniques in these books and hiring professionals like Celia and I can help you learn how to be heard and understood and respected those things that you truly want.
0: Exactly, because you know what? They're the exact same things your children want. And when you start creating respect, you know, we, we've been talking about respect this whole time. Respect is not a given. People go, well, my kids need to obey me. They need to obey me. I hate that word, obey. Sorry, I don't hate much. I hate that word, obey. But uh, it's, it's a dog needs to obey you. Your children need to cooperate. People need to cooperate with other people. Change, obey to cooperate. I would like my children to cooperate with me. I would like my children to be part of this family unit and feel as respected as I like to feel, to feel like their voice is being heard. I bring up, you know, teenagers, because I don't just coach fathers. I coach families with teenagers, too, so all ages, but teenagers especially, you know, the teenage brain Instill three bonus qualities that just make a teenager that wonderful teenager that they are. And it, it adds in, once you hit teenager land, it adds in risk, which is why teenagers are all good at taking risks because their brain is wired that way. It adds in friends. They're all about their friends. Don't take it personally. They don't wanna be with you anymore. It's how they're wired. And it adds in a sense of belonging. They have a drastic need to belong. And if they don't feel like they belong in your home, they're going to find a place to belong and it's not going to be good. It's how ISIS was able to, uh, to you know, um, pr- not promote, what's that word? Recruit all these teenagers to join them. They knew that they had to present this front of being so wonderful, and how much they needed them, and that they were a family, and that uh, directly addressed that brain, uh, that brain need to belong, that that built-in brain function that teenagers need to belong, and you get a child to feel like they belong by having that built-in respect being able to listen. Because if you ask a teenager, why don't you hang around with your family? They're gonna say, because no one cares what I have to say. No one listens to me. No one actually values what I have to say, you know? And so why should I hang out with those people? Turn it around so that you are having meetings. You are listening and asking your kids for their opinions. You are respecting them. You are putting their opinions into practice if you can. They have a resolution, do it.
1: We'll work out each
0: weekend. But
1: yes, that- exactly. Yeah, it's like um, you know, we talked about values towards the beginning of the conversation. When uh, when you're in a family, you have family values and you also have individual values. And being a family is about navigating how to honor those and how to even notice them. My son, he is beginning to notice that he has some um, things that he wants to do. He wants a little bit more freedom in some areas Um, and he's felt he's gotten to the point where he feels a little bit trapped, you know, and this is something that happens to teenagers too, even though my son isn't close to being a teen yet. So uh, just last night I was talking with him, okay, you're wanting some more freedom. And for him, he wants to be able to shop on the internet. So I said, what, you know, great, you want to shop on the internet with some freedom. So in order to do that, we're gonna set up what that looks like. And we're also gonna talk about family values as to why our family is on the internet. Um, and it was funny, uh, he said, mom, you know, you can trust me. (laughs) Of course I trust my son. I don't trust the internet so much. Exactly. But I said, oh, do you mean Gabe that I can trust you to only click on things that align with our family values? He said, yes, exactly. Now, Celia, (laughs) (laughs) let me tell you this conversation in my house, these words coming out of my mouth last night, like Oh, you mean that while you're surfing the internet, you're only going to click on things that align with our family values? That phrase, those words were not in my vocabulary 10 years ago. Learning how to speak this way, was it took practice. And it did not come easy at first. Talking about feelings, talking about values, all of this um, was completely foreign to me. And it did feel like speaking Greek at first. Yeah. And, and, and what you did by that was you, you
0: asked your son to confirm that he would already do something. You kind of put the expectation there that he was going to do that. He was going to surf. He was going to go by our family values. He was not going to click on things that didn't agree. And indirectly you not only gave him an expectation to live up to but you also showed him that hey i trust you you know i'm not saying oh well you can do it, but i'm going to stand over your shoulder and i'm going to check out everything because i not believe that you're not going to be tempted and click on something that you
1: shouldn't
0: granted that may happen we all are you know people of temptation and no one better than, than kids, but you are instilling in them. I trust you. I believe in you. I have the expectation of what I believe in. I know you are this way. So therefore I expect you to continue that way. It's like the great little trick that I teach parents all the time to say, thank you before anything ever happened. You want your children to, you know, to, to be quiet while you're on a phone call. Give them the expectation of doing that and say, by the way, guys, my phone call is now. Thank you so much for being quiet while I'm on it. It hasn't even started and you're already thanking them. It's a great trick, guys, and it works. You should put it into place. But you can do it for him. thank you for eating so nicely. And it hasn't even, dinner hasn't even started yet. Because then you're giving them the expectations of the good to live up to, the making the good choices in life without talking about, well, if you don't eat well, this is what's gonna happen. I'm going to, you know, take away your tablet or I'm going to take away TV for tonight, or you're gonna go to bed without even doing anything. You're setting them up for failure. Let's start setting them up for success.
1: Yeah, in a really small way, when you focus on what you don't want, you end up getting it. So for example, I learned this um, as a public school teacher and I learned it from my kid's preschool teachers, who was really amazing, that if you say, stop kicking me or don't kick me, what the child tends to hear is kick me. (laughs) And this is also a twist of the brain. It's kind of, at first when I started doing it, I was like, I I really had to think hard. Okay, wait a minute, my child's kicking me. I was about to say, don't kick me. Now, what do I want? You know, like you were saying, I want my child to be quiet while I'm on the call. I want my child to eat nicely at dinner. and again, to sort of rearrange my brain to be able to say, I would like you to hold your feet still, please. In our family, we use our bodies gently to be gentle with each other and ourselves. I mean, oh my gosh, again, talk about changing the way that I think, the way that I speak. It's, you know, it, and it's exactly that. You have to
0: project what you want. It's, it's very common when kids go from bottles to cups or sippy cups, I should say, to cups without lids. And it's very common for a parent to go, don't spill that. And that thing goes, boom, it's spilled. When you should be saying, thank you for being careful with your cup. Hold it, you know, hold on to the handles. Good job holding on to the handles. Whatever it is that you want that's what you project. So that that's in their brain. It has been proven that what you think is what you project is what becomes reality. It's not mumbo jumbo, as some people think it is, it is truth. So project what you want to happen.
1: Yes. Yeah, I love that. I think it'd be helpful to um, sort of go have a recap of our call by saying okay so if you're a parent where there's yelling in the house obviously you don't want yelling so what are some things you don't want or sorry what are some things you you that you do want yeah. so we talked about self-regulation talking about family values we've talked about um you mentioned instead of having ch- children who obey children who cooperate right. Right. yeah Children who, um, where there's true respect, mutual respect from adult to child and child to adult. And that's when the cooperation is happening.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. You want apologies, you know, space for apologies. You want a household where you feel comfortable getting help and receiving help. What are some other things that this family because you know that these families, just like my family, we, we have these family values. It's just that we're not completely living into them. So what else do, does that family want, Celia?
0: We, you want to be able to speak up without being slammed down immediately. You know, You want to be able to offer your opinion. You want to be able to recognize the good you do. Kids always go, well, it doesn't matter what I do. They always think I'm doing it wrong. And that's because parents are always chiming in when something goes wrong. They never bring the good behavior to the attention of their kids. They never, they may have been good for an hour and a half and you're all of a sudden getting work done. And you know, I get it, you know, we're busy, we're doing stuff. And then all of a sudden you're, child does something, drops something, makes a big noise, yells at the the dog or whatever, or if you have more than one, yells at each other, and that's when you come running in, and they see you, whereas for a and a week, they've been like amazing, and never did you bother to come in and say, you know what, guys, by the way, I'm really grateful for you, you two playing so nicely together, thank you so much, you know what, when, we, when I get done what I'm working on, which should be about 10 minutes, let's pick out a game and we'll play it together. Give them the attention for all the good they're doing because they're doing a lot more good than, than not so good. You just have to be recognizing those times and you have to be letting them know that you've seen what they were doing and you recognize how good they've been being, how good oh. they've been being, how good they've been doing.
1: Yeah, I, I I can. love that celebrating the good, you know, Celia, that's something else that parents who have a tendency to lose their temper, you can do that for yourself.
0: Yes. Celebrate
1: absolutely. the good focus on what you did right as a parent, right. what, yes, what do you want? And by, remember we talked about when you focus on a mistake, it magnifies the mistake. Well, if you focus on the good in your kids and yourself, that will magnify the good.
0: Yes, yes. Because ultimately, kids want to please their parents. I know it doesn't seem that way all the time. I know you're thinking, oh, what, what, are, what are these kids doing? You know, I, I heard Celia say kids want to please their parents. I'm not seeing it, you know. But they do. They ultimately want to please you. So when they actually know from you that you are pleasing them that their behavior is great and working out for you and you're happy about it they're going to continue doing more of that behavior rather than the behavior that displeases you amen so anyway Jeanette I think we it's time to bring this podcast to a close Uh, and respect everybody's time because I know you're all busy out there and we're both very grateful that you spend the time listening to us and hope you found a lot of value. Guys, take action on this. You know, pick out something that you really had a a big aha moment for and say, today, I'm going to start doing this. We're going to turn this around because that's how you'll turn it around. Instead of just saying, okay, I, I need to make a point of doing this more often, put down a plan and figure out how you're going to do that. What is the next way that a situation that keeps reoccurring in your family day after day, be proactive and think about how you're going to react to that the next time. it happens. Do that one little thing because tiny steps. You know what they, they build to? They build to giant leaps. And to get to that success, keep moving one foot in front of the other and you'll get there. And like the two of us has said, reach out for help. It's a sign of strength. If you think I'm overwhelmed, I have no idea how to do this. My kids have no idea how to become, I don't know how to become. My house is like a hot mess. I'm a hot mess. Get help. I'm here, Jeanette's here, and we are here to help you with a lot of resources to do it with. So Jeanette, tell our listeners how they can contact you, get in touch with you, since we just talked about that.
1: Yes. Celia, thank you so much for having me. You're amazing.
0: (laughs) Thank you. I think you
1: are My website is easy to remember. It's tempercoaching.com. And so reach out, do it,
0: do it, because you should do it, (laughs) you know? Nike, like 90 says. don't do it. I want you to just do it because we're raising adults, not children. And if you keep on this path of destructive behavior, you know what happens to your kids? They don't grow up hating you, they grow up hating themselves. So let's create adults that are confident, that are happy, that are self-reliant, self-assured, kind, peaceful, loving—all of the things. Fun people. Let's get more of them in the world. Jeez, we we need it. We need it bad. So do it. Just do it. Okay, Jeanette, I've loved having you, and we will do more things together. We like to do more things together. And if you're at Clubhouse, guys, join us on Saturday at 10 a.m. for the parent chat. And actually going to be talking about making mistakes this Saturday and what you should do to make it fun in your family to make a mistake. And Jeanette, if you're available, please hop on and join me. And in the meantime, guys, Jeanette, goodbye to you. Thank you for joining us. And I wish you all days filled with peace, love, and tons of laughter laugh guys, laugh more because it really is the best medicine. Love you all. We'll see you here on the next episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Bye-bye everybody. Thank you for listening to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast and being a part of my mission to stop a million parents from yelling at their kids. Be sure to head over to PumpedUpParenting.com and grab your free copy of the Patients Playbook wishing there was a manual for your toddler. Well, great news. Now there is. Pick up your copy of Raising Happy Toddlers, How to Build Great Parenting Skills, and Stop Yelling at Your Kids, plus my three new children's books at celiasbooks.com. That's celiasbooks.com. If you're loving this podcast, please feel free to share it with your friends and pay it forward, and also leave a review so I know who you are and can thank you personally. Tune in next time for more tips, advice, and strategies as you continue to pump up your parenting and create childhoods that everyone in your family can blossom from. Have yourself a really happy, fun day. Bye-bye.